Welcome to Mulready Minutes with Oklahoma Insurance Commissioner Glenn Mulready. This is a podcast about insurance for insurance folks, risk managers, and business leaders. We'll dive deep and look at what is and isn't working, talk to leaders in the industry, and keep you informed on what's happening in Oklahoma and around the country. Well, welcome to another Mulready Minutes podcast. This is Oklahoma Insurance Commissioner Glenn Mulready. And today uh, we're going to run through some things with Ashley Scott. Ashley heads up our legislative affairs and community affairs. And by the way, does an outstanding job at that. But I uh, thought we'd walk through some of the different statutes and things that took place in the most recent session and uh, what that means in the, uh, in the industries that we regulate. So um, Ashley, it was a busy session, as I guess it always is, right? But um some things were, were bigger than others. Um, why don't you um, tell us about uh, some of the highlights, just to, right out of the gate, just highlights from uh, this past session? Sure. We're first, first and foremost, um, we create a um, PDF file that's on our website. It's the 2023 statute and rule changes. And so go there, take a look at that. It has a lot of information related to all of the things that um, the OID um, implemented, as well as some other things that impact the OID. Um, from outside interests. So on that list, one of the major things that we did was um, some compliance changes in Senate Bill 539, which dealt with our CE and licensing, making those provider courses two years instead of three years on a renewal basis. So we're gonna be looking at those um, more frequently and ensuring that we have the appropriate information available for producers and those um, licensed by our department make sure that they're getting the right um, provider material and information that's needed for CE requirements. One of the other things that we regulate is bail bonds. And so this year we made a large effort to ensure that bail bonds can also um, do a lot of their testing electronically and remotely so that they don't have to go into a testing center. We had successfully done a lot of this through all of our other licensees, um, especially during COVID. And so this was one of those lingering things that hadn't been addressed yet and wanted to make sure that we were providing those opportunities for individuals who wanted to be licensed as bondsmen as well. So modernizing, keeping up with technology. A lot of folks may not know that, actually, that we regulate bail bondsmen. In Oklahoma, we've got uh, just a little over 500 bail bondsmen licensed in the state of Oklahoma. That's right. It's it's definitely um, something that doesn't get brought up a lot. So (laughs) good to to know. a division that we have, it's, it's kind of our just other insurance services and other insurance groupings. And so we handle a lot of things within that group. Three of the different acts that we follow underneath that are the Perpetual Care Fund Act, the Third Party Administrators Act, and the Professional Employer Organization Registration Act. And so we have helped modernize those processes as well through all those three different entities and acts and trying to assist with clarifying timeframes for when things are required to be submitted to the department, providing opportunity for um, individuals to have a, like a 90-day grace period when they're needing to renew licensure. So if they um, maybe missed that 90-day, may, maybe missed their date by a few days or something, then we have some opportunities for them to still renew their licensure without having to start over from, from scratch and, and do a new application. So there's some things like that that we try to do to um, help again, modernize what we're doing here at the department, but also be business friendly with uh, the licensees that we license and making sure that we are providing them all opportunities to retain licensure and and move their businesses forward without any um, hiccups or, or stalls there. So that was another piece. We had three different bills that were related to those. Those would have been um, Senate Bill 544, dealing with the Perpetual Care Fund, 
Senate Bill 553 was the Third Party Administrator Act, and Senate Bill 638 dealt with the Professional Employer Organizations Act. Senate Bill 557 was another one. This one had to do with mental health claims. And so we worked um, with Healthy Minds, which is an organization here in Oklahoma that um, pushes a lot of the mental health parity reg uh, legislation and laws across this state and other states. But we worked with them um, after we had some training and things on mental health parity and looking at different contracts and how those are supposed to be treated based off the federal law as well as some state statutes that have been passed over the last few years. And we wanted to make sure that if there are mental health claims that are being denied, that those are being reviewed and denied by a physician who has certification within those areas of mental health. And so that was a huge step for us. We worked hand in hand with a lot of our health plans and Healthy Minds. And so that was a great collaborative effort that we were able to make to move that forward. And that gives the department another tool in the toolbox to ensure that those mental health claims are being treated fairly across the board with different insurance companies and, and for those consumers that are using them. Yeah, we've worked closely with them. Um, great organization working on behalf of Oklahomans and that mental health parity. 100%, very good. Um, there's a couple of other bills that were pushed from outside interest. Um, House Bill 1843 had to do with pharmacy benefit managers. That moves the violation piece and compliance of those violations and investigation of those violations to the Attorney General's office. Um, the OID retains licensure there, so we will continue to license the companies that are doing pharmacy benefit management work in the state and work with the AG's office um, through that transition, but also throughout those processes when they're looking at violations and things and, and whether that is you know, a violation that should um, impact the licensure of those companies. So that'll be a bigger change here at the department, but- yeah. um, and, and in fact, we've already begun meeting with yep. them, working with them to make sure that this transition uh, for November 1st when they take that over. That's exactly right. We've been working very diligently with them. On the uh, permanent rules side, we have some rules that we passed this year as well that are um, going to impact industry. One of them was um, Chapter 10, had to do with open enrollment timeframes for Medicare supplement policies. So that's something that's going to be really great for those individuals who have Medicare supplement policies. In, in the past, they didn't really have a set time frame or, or a way in which they could get in and out of those and, and maybe change to a different um, policy. So we wanted to offer that up like we do other policies around the state and have a, a special enrollment period for those or an enrollment timeframe for those. Chapter 25 has quite a bit of different um, of our different licensing groups involved in that, but the bigger one there is the annuity, annuity suitability rules, which was um, taken from the NAIC's model number 275, dealing with training requirements for our producers that are gonna be selling annuities. And so that's going to be a big piece. We're going to have a bulletin coming out very, very soon, helping to give um, instruction to the producers on the timing of that and how that will impact what training and CE requirements are required. Also, um, of course, we're taking in provider courses currently for those CE, provide, you know, to be able to provide that CE for the um, producers. But that's going to be um, a really great opportunity for us to enhance the training and, and the knowledge of our producers who are selling annuities. So that'll be a really great um, change and look forward to working with all those groups on that. We also had one emergency rule that was um, under chapter 10 that dealt with the PHE ending, so the public health emergency ending. And that um, rule is going to allow a special enrollment period for Medicare supplement policies in conjunction with that um, federal. That would take ending. care of folks so, who became yeah. eligible um, for Medicare during the public health emergency, right. but stayed uh, and, and uh, Anyways, some state on Medicaid maybe 
because of the PHE, and uh, so they won't be penalized for that. Could be a two-year window, two and a half-year window that they were eligible or something. So exactly. Helps help address that. One thing, actually, that um, I, that's a mouthful and a lot. A session lot. always is, but. Um, another thing I just wanted to mention, we recently put out our earthquake bulletin. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk about yeah, that? Or, okay. We sure can. So yeah, um, earthquake requirements for CE was something that used to be required in addition to the other requirements for, for um, our licensees. And as though we're still having earthquakes, of course, I you know, occasionally, but we just felt well, like that like wasn't, we had been no, it, it was kind of during that time when we were seeing a, a large number of them. And so while it's still available as a course provide, uh, you know, provided to those producers, it's not something that we're requiring any longer in addition to their other requirements. Yeah, so it's, it's just something that we're um, trying to help with industry and allow them to have other opportunities. Good. So anyone that has questions, uh, and as, as website, they can find anything help help if someone has questions. Yeah. Or to look at something. If you have questions that. or want to look at the statutes and rules updates, um, it is on our website under um, legislative updates, and you can use our search bar. It's a great tool for anyone looking at the OID. Um, it's www.oid.ok.gov, and you can find that there. Happy to answer questions if anybody has any um, related to those changes or things that are coming. Bulletins will be coming out for a lot of these major changes, so be looking for those, um, especially if you're licensed with us. Those will be coming out to help you, guide you through these changes and what that will look like. That's how we always kind of uh, reach out to our licensees and, and industry and, and kind of update them as things are changing with legislation. So those are um, a lot of the ways that you can get information from the department or reach out personally to one of us and we're happy to assist. Good. Well, there you have it in a, in a nutshell, a, a lot, but from our rock star at the Capitol, Ashley Scott, um, so we will close out with that. Again, if you have questions, uh, go to that, go to our website, oid.ok.gov. Uh, and we will catch you next time on the next Mulready Minutes podcast. Thanks.